of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who gives us something to celebrate. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I was a kid, I grew up in the Philippines, and uh, when I was a kid, uh, not a whole lot of people knew how to play baseball around me. And uh, in fact, my parents even paid the money to have me be a part of this uh, American slash Japanese special little league thing that uh, happened. And, um, and so I went to that, and I kind of learned how to play baseball, and I also learned that I was terrible at it. Uh, I was the kid who was always in right field. Um, if, if you know what that means, if you that that was me. Um, and and yet um, and so I loved the game, but I just seemingly could not play the hand-eye coordination thing or something like that. And uh, and so um, one of the things that that I I figured that I might do early on was I was kind of an entrepreneurial kid, and I had all of these kids that I went to school with that they never played baseball. Uh, they had no idea how baseball worked, and so I thought. Well, if I bring these kids home with me after school and we play baseball together, that's a win on two levels. Because, uh, first of all, I'll get some practice in and maybe I'll get a little bit better for when I go off to the crazy um, international Little League thing where, you know, the Japanese kids got together on Sunday mornings and practiced for like seven hours. They really did. It was scary. And, and so maybe I'd, I'd get a little bit better than, that, than what I was. And I also know, well, these kids, they're, they don't know baseball. And so I'll actually look pretty good. I'll look like I know what I'm doing, and, and I'll be a sort of mediocre player at least. And so that's what I did. I started bringing uh, kids home with me after school, and, and we had this kind of uh, kind of little league makeshift diamond in my yard, and all of these kids came over, and you know it was like a league of their own, the you know uh, fifth grade in the Philippines edition. Um, and, uh, and I remember there was another kid, and there was an, this kid was like me, and my heart went out to him. And, you know, he was the guy in right field for us. And, and he knew that. And I remember specifically one day we were kind of handing out spots and who was going to do what. And uh, this kid had come up with, I'm sure the night that he came up with this, he was just overjoyed because he had finally found an escape. And he had, he had found something that he could do. And he said, uh, when we were saying, okay, who's going to be on first base, who's going to be pitcher, who's going to be catcher, he said, I, I know what I'm going to do. And we said, okay, what? I'm going to be the referee. Well, I had to explain to him they're called umpires in baseball. But that whole idea is kind of the thread that is running through all of these scripture readings that we read today. That idea of, well, I just want to be the referee. And I think that's a place where a lot of us like to go a lot of the time. And and we like to be the one that gets to hold the rule book and say, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, and never play the game. That's something that we 
well, kind of enjoy. And uh, usually we very much enjoy that when we feel like we're the kid in right field, when we feel like we are not able to do those things. And so we figure, well, I'm not able to do all of that stuff, but I can sit here and I can say, well, that's good or, or that's bad. Well, that's what's going on between Jesus and the Pharisees, definitely, in our gospel reading. But uh, throughout this entire series that we're doing uh, this summer that's kind of rounding down to a close, we are not looking necessarily at the gospel reading as our text, but we're looking at the epistle reading. Ephesians 5, 22... To 33. And the reason that they put this in the lectionary, I'm convinced, is because although it is consistently a part of my little packet that I hand out to mar- couples that are going to get married, very few of them ever say, Ooh, I want that reading at my wedding. Usually it's like, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, please. Very few people are like, well, I I want that stuff about submitting and sacrificing, and yet that's right where we're at. And so you actually get to hear this part of the Bible thanks to the the lectionary system. And the the thing is that uh, the reason that we don't like having that in our wedding ceremonies is that a lot of times it comes across as, well, just being this big list of rules. This big list of things that says, well, this is how you're supposed to act. And if you don't, well, that's grounds for divorce. Right? That's kind of what we're afraid of. You know, women, you must submit and men, you must sacrifice and uh, and all of that stuff. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, the men never seem to have a problem with sacrificing. They're like, "Ah, that's fine. I'm used to that. Um, Or maybe they just kind of inwardly just hold it in. I don't know. But those are both big deals. And in fact, I think if you would ask most men to sacrifice in the way that this reading says, most of the men would push away from this just as much as the brides would. And it's because it seems like it's just a strict rule-following verse. And if we believe that this is a strict rule-following verse of Ephesians that Paul is putting forward to us thousands of years after he writes it to the Ephesians through the power of the Holy Spirit, then we begin to wonder a little bit about who God is. Is God just this kind of mean referee in the sky who doesn't necessarily want to play our game but definitely wants to tell us how to play it. Well, that kind of gets into, um, you may have noticed, if you're new here, I told you that there were going to be some different things about uh, University Lutheran that maybe your church doesn't do. One of the things that we do is we do this thing called the annual focus. Um, Now, uh, our annual focus goes for a church year. And so the church year starts in Advent. That's right after Thanksgiving. uh, And it goes until, um, uh, well, right before Advent. Um, 
Imagine that. And that's the church year. You're, you're actually sitting here at the end of the church year, basically, uh, even though it's, pro- it's the beginning of the school year, it's the middle of the calendar year, and so it's, it's all kinds of messed up. But we've been looking at these banners, which are all about our annual focus. If uh, you've uh, been with us for a while, we've been looking at these banners since November. And basically, through this sermon series, what we've been doing is we've been touching on the things on this banner uh, throughout. That, that's why this sermon series is called Regifted. It's because we're taking a look at the gifted annual focus again. And uh, we're taking a look at what Paul is reminding the Ephesians of in his book, in his letter to them. And so what we've done is we've taken a look at what it is to have the gift of God. And that's early on in Ephesians. And, uh, and for Paul telling the Ephesians, it really comes down to um, that, that Reformation-style verse that we love to quote, that we are saved by faith through grace. And this is not any work of your own, but that you are created as a workmanship of Jesus Christ. And so that's really what the gift of God is all about. And then we've been talking about how we give ourselves as gifts. And uh, we've been talking about how we live our lives in a way that is uh, gifting towards others and uh, kind of encouraging one another to go out into our vocations, whether that means that you go to a nine to five job uh, every, every morning, or if that means that you kind of sleep in and then you go to class and then you go back and you take a nap and then you go to class again. And then you do that until two in the morning. Um, Whatever it is that you somehow can see yourself as a gift to other people, because that is actually what God has done in redeeming you. He has taken you to be given a gift and then to be re-gifted out again. And here at the end of Ephesians, as we take a look at the end of Ephesians, we're looking at the last little snippet on there, and that is celebrating gifts given. And the whole idea behind celebrating gifts given is quite simply that if you are given a gift and you don't celebrate it with gratitude, it ceases to be a gift. It's really strange. Somebody can give you some of the greatest stuff in the world. I could hand one of you a $100 bill. I won't. (laughs) But I could. And if you did not receive that with gratitude you would receive that as something other than a gift. You would maybe wonder, why is the pastor giving me $100? Is this a test? Am I supposed to tithe this entire thing? Am I supposed to just put it all into the offering plate? Ah! That's why I'm not giving you the $100. And and that's really, when we look at this Ephesians verse, what we're supposed to do, see in this is not just a whole bunch of rules to follow. It's not supposed to be that myself as a married man am supposed to go to my wife and be like, woman, you better submit. Because I'm sure we all know how that would go. And she's not supposed to come up to me either and say, well, you had better sacrifice for me. But rather, 
I am called to celebrate. To celebrate when she does show me respect out of love. And to celebrate when that love is demonstrated to me in significant ways, like showing me respect and like even going along with some of the weird things in my head, which, trust me, if you know me, there are things that pop up in my head that are strange that Liz has to put up with. And yet she does that in love. And I try to do that in love to her, sacrificing myself and showing myself as someone who loves her by doing these things. And what Paul is saying here is that this is not something that we are supposed to take as a rule, even as the church. Because Paul says at the end of the day, this marital relationship, it's not just about like, you know, your Disney rom-com kind of after-school special movie that's all about love and all about how, oh, love conquers all and blah, 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 blah. But it's supposed to be when you look at somebody in this church or somebody that you know who is married and somebody who is actively pursuing that marriage, That when you see their relationship to one another, that you are supposed to be able to see Jesus' relationship to you. Because God is not a referee. God is our star player who came down into our world to play by His own rules. And His own rules said, you have to die on that cross. And He said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to sacrifice and I'm going to not be a referee. But I'm going to be a husband. And so that when we look at our husband that we celebrate the gifts given to us. And that we live our lives showing Him submission and showing Him respect, even though those things are difficult for us, possibly as difficult for us as sacrificing ourselves is. And so we celebrate together Not celebrating rules, because that's dumb. But celebrating the game. Celebrating this great life that Jesus Christ has given to us. This great life where we get to be His bride. Where we get to have this unending wedding reception in the resurrection. When He comes back, it is going to be a party. We are all going to be singing the YMCA. Because that's what you do at a wedding reception. We will have to teach Peter. And we can start celebrating now. Because we know that he has sacrificed for us. Amen.